Podcast presented by CDE Light Band. Each week we take you around Austin Beach, the athletics department, occasionally the OVC, thanks to our good friends at CDE. Thank you to our friends at CDE, and thanks to you, the listeners, who make us worth sponsoring. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Krieger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin Beach podcast, according to FarmersOnly.com. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. <laughs> Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. I hear you finally caught up on The Mandalorian. I did. I actually didn't watch the last five minutes of episode five because that's when our plane landed in Sacramento, and uh, I didn't get to catch the last five, and I haven't gone back yet. I was going to say, so you've, you've had no spare five minutes in the interview. Well, I didn't want to watch it. I cracked my phone getting off the plane right after I we landed, obviously, so I didn't want to go back and watch the last five minutes on my... Uh, shattered phone screen and you have no computer i just i tablets, just i just haven't i just like, haven't done it mm. i'll catch up with my five minutes until i'm done with chapter five what are you gonna do this week because you don't have a phone um you know i might just power through and watch something on the cracked phone screen but or just go you know straight music could pull out the laptop hit the music yeah yeah that shut up um, speaking of, you've got the, you've got a, another journey ahead of you. Uh, compare and contrast, please, the, uh, the, the packing mechanism for, uh, California versus Montana. Well, you need a lot, lot bigger bag for Montana because the winter coat takes up a little bit of space. Um, yeah, we had like 55 degrees in rain in California. So it was like, oh, all you need is like your normal normal football game day stuff and like a rain jacket to throw on top now it's like oh yeah you might need like your ski boots to get down to the field at halftime like could get some snow you know whatever could it snow i hope it's gonna snow i hope it snows too snow i, would I be love fun. i love watching football i games like football in the, the snow. snow yeah it'd be uh, fun. bonus points for me for not being able to attend and so you'll be miserable and i'll be sipping cocoa by a warm fire yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna layer up and uh, bigger news would have been if you were layering down. <laughs> well, I, apparently Eric's only rocking that one one Drake pullover, according to Katie on Twitter. So uh, hopefully we can get Eric some more layers before this game. Yeah, I'm thinking Eric is because he's going to be on the sideline a lot more than me, and just doesn't seem great for him. Yeah, I'm thinking Eric's going to uh, yeah not do that. I think he's going to going to going to layer up some. Uh, but before we get to Montana, let's talk about California. Let's talk about California. Um, let's talk about a hot start. The Governors came out and put 21 points on the number four national seed before Sacramento State could. I mean, they could. They barely got out of the locker room before they were down 21 to nothing. The first quarter, Javon Craig connected with Benico Harley and D'Angelo Wilson for touchdown passes. Up 14 to nothing was the turning point of the game, in my opinion. The Govs went for an onside kick. I mean, just one of the best executed onside kicks I've seen. Ten yards straight to Benico Harley from Cole Phillips. And the Govs had the ball back again. Um, on the ensuing drive, though, the Govs were down to fourth and one. But no worry. Benico Harley made a 46-yard house call on a direct snap touchdown. Wild uh, Gov. Uh, the Wild Gov, yeah. There was there was only one person on the field that could have tackled him. And uh, he happened to be 
Prince Prince Mamadou. So that was okay Nobody because like Prince Mamadou. Well, Prince wasn't going to tackle him. So touchdown, Govs. Twenty-one to nothing at the half. Um, we need to give a shout out to the defense because I don't think they're getting enough credit here in this game. They held Sacramento State to two rushing yards and thirty-one passing yards and just two first downs in the first half. Um, kind of set just a dominant tone for the game. And even when Sacramento State scored late, it wasn't. It was kind of like. <sighs> It's not like you were mailing it, was, it in, but it was, like you had some of the subs in there. You had some guys. It was garbage. Rest. I mean, it they were garbage, garbage time, They were garbage, garbage time points. Right. Second half, Javon Craig ran for an, um, another touchdown. He finished the day with a career-high 168 rushing yards, which I feel like is a huge number for a quarterback running the ball. Uh, D'Angelo Wilson had another 100-yard receiving game. He finished with 132 yards. Benico Harley added another rushing touchdown in the third quarter – or fourth quarter, excuse me. He finished the day with three touchdowns. Uh, Sac State got a couple garbage time TDs. The Govs led 42-7 to before those touchdowns. Uh, final score, 42-28. On to Montana we go. Yeah, your point about the defense, I think, is something you really can't overlook because the numbers get a little skewed in the second half because we had a lot of reserves in there. Like, Cordell got a stinger, and he came out for a minute. And then the well, third – Not even that. Like, they we played were large really, drives without, like, our starters in. They were really racking up big yards – it, it was it was empty calorie yards, and I don't understand why this was happening because they kept flashing Sac State's quarterbacks numbers up on the board like they were something. I, and you guys probably didn't see it because you were in the box, but I was just watching the game. They kept flashing his numbers up like fourteen for thirty-seven for one hundred and sixty-one yards. Like guys, this is he finished like seventeen for fifty-two. Or yeah, something. guys, this is nothing to write home about. Like I don't this. Well, I think you about, think you're bragging. How about, about we him. show Javon Craig's numbers? Well, we couldn't fit them all on the board because they were just so They're big. They're so massive. Massive numbers. Massive numbers. The 168 rushing yards. Oh, yeah, the guy accounted for 368 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, show his numbers, not Kevin Thompson's. Sorry. I'm going to hop out on a limb and say Javon Craig is a very good quarterback. I'm going to hop out on a limb and say that the wrong quarterback on the field last weekend is at the Walter Payton Awards this weekend. Mm, yeah, yeah, you heard, you heard me, Sacramento State. You heard me, Stats FCS. You picked the wrong guy from last weekend. Uh, I know. I know you think right now you're doing bold predictions here and uh, tough talk. Yeah, wait till you hear what Sean said on his podcast this week. What did Sean, Sean say? Oh no! I'm, I'm, spoiler. Not going to spoil it. You guys tune in. Everybody too. listen to more than a game. Yeah, with Sean you guys Wingo. tune into more than a game, and you'll find out. On the hardwood, the Gus came home and played what I found to be one of their best games this season against North Florida, a quality outfit favored by many to take the Atlantic Sun this year. The Ospreys are a three-point shooting behemoth, leading the nation in makes, makes per game attempts. That's the start and end of their game plan is we're going to bomb away from three, uh, hope we make a lot, and if we do, best of luck beating us. The Govs instead limited the Ospreys to just seven threes and opened the throttle up defensively for a 90-point performance at home. Terry Taylor took his third straight OVC Player of the Week honor after another 20-12 and 12 outing, while Carlos Paez made it two straight Freshman of the Week honors for him and four straight for Austin P as a unit as the young guys continue to deal. Chino, 6-6 of six on the floor, 4-4 four of four from three, seven assists against North Florida. Uh, the last time somebody was 100% from the floor on six or more attempts, 100% from three on four or more attempts, and dished out seven assists, was 2015. That's not the last time a Gov did it or the last time an OVC player did it, although it was an OVC player who actually did it that last time. That was the last time a Division One basketball player did it. So, uh, kudos to Chino. Not a bad little uh, eighth game for the freshman. 
Can we talk about the Govs just dominating the LVC Weekly Awards too? Um, uh, well, you know, I think it's a, uh, I think it's a little bit. I mean, four straight freshman of the weeks, three state player of the weeks. Well, we're we're getting run on uh, newcomer because that is the very swollen and uh, cumbersome battle this year with a lot of really good uh, JUCOs, drop right. downs, that kind of thing. But uh, freshmen, we've got the freshmen between Jordan and Chino, and I have a feeling Pavli Jurisic, who made his first start against North Florida, is going to be heard from at some point. Uh, obviously, Duvall, Terry's just doing goat things for Player of the Year. I, I mean, the, he's going to he's going to have he's going to get challenges. Uh, Kunkel at Belmont is very good. Musinski at Belmont is very good. I think Grayson Murphy at Belmont is very is probably the league's most underrated player right now. Uh, I still stand Josiah Wallace as probably the best non-Terry Taylor player in this league, but it is going to be – Headband Terry's hot right now. Headband Terry is is feeling his oats right this second. On the track, the women's track and field team opened up indoor campaign under first-year head coach Valerie Brown. Speaking of debuts, Kanisha Phillips – Equal Tamitha Tolbert's school record in the 60-meter dash in her very first event as a governor, hitting at 7.49 seconds. Tolbert took runner-up honors at 7.59 in the event and also placed third in the 200-meter dash. The Gus took the top spot in the 60 hurdles as well, thanks to Lennox Walker. And thought I had another high of highlights here. Oh, uh, Corey McDaniel and Jackie Versman both uh, posted all-time top ten throws in the weight throw to take the Govs into the holiday break. Speaking of breaks, we will take one right now and then bring in Nick Screenock, long snapper extraordinaire from the Austin P football team. Right after this. When you sleep next to me, I still feel your touch in my dream. Forgive me my weakness, but I don't know why. Without you, it's hard to survive. Cause every time we touch, I get this feeling. And every time we kiss, I swear I can fly. Can't you feel my heart beat fast? I want this to Long snappers are the specialist specialists, the ultimate and unsung heroics. You don't notice them. They don't accrue stats. They just do their job day after day to make sure that everything goes according to plan on every punt, PAT, and field goal attempt. Nick Screenock is one of the best at this, but you wouldn't know it. It's not the way of the long snapper to get a lot of exposure, but here he is on the PCAST anyway. Thanks, Nick. What gets someone into being a long snapper in the first place? So, me personally, in uh, high school, I started because we had a senior who graduated and we had nobody else that could do it. And our special teams coordinator was trying to find somebody to fill his role. And so I'd played baseball. And so he was like, you can throw a ball and how about you try this out? And that was literally how I got into becoming a long snapper. And so he, he had long snapped previously. He actually snapped at Tennessee Tech in college. And so, uh, Coach Forrest really started working with me a lot on it, and it really just kind of took off from there. And so I really never had any, like, I wasn't like a Rubio guy or any of those big-time camp, uh, like, training places where you see a lot of these big long snappers come from. But, I mean, it was just almost just kind of natural how it just took off. 
I would not have thought being able to throw a baseball would have been the transferable skill necessary here. I would not have thought that either. But I mean, he 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 thought it could it could work. So well, we made clearly, it work. yeah, clearly it happened. How do you develop a rapport with hunters and holders about where they want the ball, what kind of spin, how fast they want it coming to them? You know, uh, it really just takes a lot of time and practice. I mean, we spend all off season together. I mean, after workouts, we'll go out there and snap. They'll punt for an hour. I mean, it just takes a lot of time and a lot of uh, a lot of repetitions of going over with each other and just bonding as a group. And I mean, me and Stu, we just we hit it off ever since I took the job over. And I mean, we've put a lot into it, and now. Craig, our holder, because I actually I held last year, right, and then this year mid year went back to holding a little bit, and then finally finished out now just long snapping. But yeah, it's really just a lot of a lot of time and a lot of just practice, really. Because when Cole is kicking, he prefers you as his holder, right? Correct. And for Logan, he wants you snapping and Javon is the holder. That is, yes, that how, is what. How does the, I don't know, what what traits are there that differentiates that? What is it about your holding that Cole prefers versus the snapping that Logan prefers? I think a lot of it has to do with, Logan's just gotten so comfortable because that's Logan. Javon is who holds, who has held for Logan all along, and so that's who he's used to. That's who that's who he wants. But whenever we would be just practicing, with out just before practice or anything like that, we would last year was really when it started because we had Jarrett here and we didn't have anyone out there with us to hold. So I would always just hold for Cole, and but Logan took all of his reps in practice so when he had Javon holding, but. Cole, who didn't get as many reps during practice because he wasn't the starter, I would hold for him pre-practice, and he would just—he just got so used to me holding where the ball is placed. Just—it's mostly just a timing thing of snap to hold to kick, and a lot of that was what a lot of it has to do with. On a game-to-game basis, if you're gonna—if Cole's gonna be handling more of the kicking duties, and you'll be doing most of the holding duties, does it alter how you prepare? No, not really. I mean. After, I think it was after Tennessee Tech, so after about halfway through the year, we really locked it in as to uh, what the operation was going to be, me snapping, Javon holding, Logan kicking. So once we got that figured out, it's it's really kind of gotten more normalized. Um, you, everybody knows the routine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's less uh, back and forth. I mean, before earlier in the year, I would have to – snap with the first field goal unit and then go hold with the second field goal unit or vice versa so it was just it was a lot of moving parts at that point but it's a lot better now that we've got it figured out you don't have official stats associated with your position so how do you measure success um i mean obviously i i if logan makes the kick that's something success for me yeah so but for me personally um snap times are a big a big piece of it on punt pat you don't really look at a snap time but punt you want anywhere under 0.8 0.75 somewhere in that range so i mean it's got to be quick i usually sit around 0.7 is my average snap time and then uh ball flight is another thing you want to look at you don't want it arching back there and then uh, spiral is another thing that I get graded on all three of those on like 
our uh, post-game grades. Your internal grading system has different benchmarks that you hit. Yes, sir. What has all the, pl- the FCS playoff stuff been like for you? It's been amazing. I mean, coming here just – where we were before I got here, because, I mean, the season before I got here, they didn't win a game, and then my class came in. We had a good year, went eight and four, thought we were going to make the playoffs, and that whole ordeal happened. Got got left out, unfortunately. Uh, last year had a little bit of a setback, and then this year just really just everything just has taken off, and the playoffs have been amazing. I mean, it's nothing more than what I could have asked for and what we what we knew we could do, and so it's just great to finally be able to go out and show – everyone like who we really are and what we can do why Austin P in the first place um I really just wanted to be like I wanted to build something and coach Healy really sold the vision to me for this place and so I really I really was bought into coach Healy and what he was selling and then all the guys like I knew a couple guys from my area that were coming in I mean Trey Pruitt was from the high school right across town from me Javon, or not Javon, J.O., all these Middle Tennessee guys that yeah. I had built relationships with in high school, had trained with, that I knew of, were all coming here, who I knew were good players, and I knew this place was going to take off when you got all these guys coming up here. I know you're a big video game guy. I know it's new Modern Warfare time. Is the playoff run kind of cutting into the, the plan of Modern Warfare? Um, playoff time as well as uh, schoolwork has cut a big chunk of my time out of playing video games. I've, uh, I cannot say I've actually even gotten on the game in the last two or three weeks. Wow, you are locked in on this thing, aren't you? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you got one opportunity at this. You got to go with it. Well, the smarts thing I'm, I'm thinking kind of comes to you a little bit more naturally because you had a 4-2 coming out of high school. You're a 4-0 now. Uh, when's the last time you got a B? Uh, I don't know that I've ever gotten one. Huh, okay, well, uh, <laughs> I don't get that answer very often when I ask that question. <laughs> no, um, maybe, I mean, I know, I got, I did, I have gotten B's, like, because in high school you had your, like, first quarter, second quarter grades. I've gotten B's in one of the quarters, but I've, as a semester, the as a whole, grade. I've never gotten a B as a final grade, no. Wow. <laughs> Boy, that is, I'm talking to somebody operating on a much higher intellectual plane than me. Um. You're from Lebanon, right? Yes. Kind yes. of a small-ish place. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that part of what coming to Clarksville, one of the attractive parts? Because we're still, even though there's a lot of people here, it's very much a small-town vibe. Yeah, it feels it feels very similar here as it does to back home. I mean, it, it wasn't, I want to say it wasn't much of a change, but there's a lot of, a lot of similarities, I feel, between Lebanon and Clarksville, both good-sized cities but still have that small-town feel where you can walk in to any restaurant and you might you'll you'll know somebody you're not going to see all new faces anytime you show up anywhere your dad does something for amazon right yes he does what does he do uh he operates one of their uh their uh fulfillment centers gotcha that, that's the what moved us into lebanon they opened up a fulfillment center in lebanon oh and so he came to open up that building where are you from originally uh, I was born in Muncie, Indiana, oh. and then we moved to Chattanooga all because of Amazon. Went there, and then from Chattanooga we moved to uh, 
Lebanon. So you're basically an Amazon nomad. They, Amazon's been... Amazon just moves you uh, where they want. Kind of yeah. like the military. That's what it sounds like, yeah. What are you bad at? It's a tough question. <laughs> well, so far we're just listing all the stuff. You're, uh, video games, smart, perfect long snapping. Uh, is there anything anything you're not great at? Um, a lot of the guys on the team don't think I can dance very well. But I I tend to disagree with that. But if you ask anyone else, they would pr- they would probably say dancing is probably my worst worst attribute. And following up, if you remember, uh, Kyle Romano had that viral video viral dancing video. Oh yeah. There's a lot of uh, uh, big shoes to fill coming from the uh, long snapper after after he came through. Well, this is an audio medium, so I won't ask for a demonstration, <laughs> but. <laughs> What is your favorite word? Like. What is your least favorite word? Moist. <laughs> Who or what inspires you? Um, I would say my mom, because growing up, um, my dad was in the military. That's where he started. So he wasn't. He he was deployed to uh, Iraq for first basically four or five years of my life and so we would we actually lived with my grandparents for a while and I mean she would just she did everything she could to take care of me and then now with how much he's got to work he's she's still she's the one that uh, does everything basically to make sure I need what I've got or I've got what I need and I mean basically like Baseball, we, she was the one. We would go to summer ball tournaments. I mean, we would drive halfway across the country to play, just me and her. And so we've really built, like, a really big bond. And, yeah, it's my mother. What is the last book you read for fun? Hunger Games. Long, long time ago. How, how long ago did those books come out? Like I feel like I was in, like, middle school. Oh, wow. <laughs> I read them as an adult, and suddenly I don't feel as impressed with myself. What is your worst habit? Biting my nails. Especially with long snapping, it uh, causes some issues, definitely. Because I, I don't know, like, sometimes like I'll Like it'll snag? That and, like, it, like, because, you know, you bite them a little too too far. It starts to hurt, and so when I, like, go to push on the ball, it just it doesn't feel good. So I really tried to stop, but... Yeah, you got to... You gotta there. keep the tools of the trade in good condition. Yeah. This playoff run, I've really cut back on it. <laughs> Taking it serious. What app on your phone gets the most use? Snapchat. What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? Leaving work one day uh, a couple years ago, I was driving home on the interstate, and a lot of cars were stopping right in front of me, and so I had to slam on my brakes. I was completely stopped, looked in my rearview mirror, and the car behind me was not stopping. So for that about two to three second uh, period of time before I got hit, that was that was the most terrifying thing I've ever waited on. Just mostly just the like that knowing it was going to happen. The anticipation of oh this is bad and yeah. it's not getting any better. No, that was that was terrible. Ooh, that's a rough one. <laughs> what is your idea of happiness? Um, I would say happiness for me will be. Uh, building a family, getting to see like my kids do what they love, 
being successful and providing for them everything that they need uh, to be successful and do whatever they want to do. What is your idea of misery? Um, I would say being forced to do something against your will that you obviously have no desire to do that someone else is making you do. What makes you self-conscious? My hair. Like too much of it, not enough of it? What are we talking about here? Yeah, like uh, bad hair days. Oh. Like if you... Putting a f- football helmet on and off for six months out of the year probably really does extend Bad hair days. Oh, yeah, and the football helmet, the acne you get, like, on your forehead oh, and everything. Oh, from where everything – Yes, oh, yeah. it, that's terrible. I feel like people are always – because, I mean, people are just looking at you and you feel like they're just looking <laughs> What's right What's this at big line of acne across your forehead? That's yeah, nowhere else but just right here. Like, can't help you. What is the most embarrassing song you love? Uh, Every Time We Touch by – Cascada, I think, who sings it. <laughs> Seems like you had that answer in the holster. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, well, that's the song, like, you know, when you play an Xbox, you're getting serious. That's the song you got to play to really get locked in. <laughs> How would you prefer to die? Any way but drowning. So everything's, you know, fall out of an airplane, set on fire, anything, everything's fine except. I'm good with it. Just don't want to drown. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? A dog. Just because I absolutely love dogs. I've got two, and they're, like, my favorite things ever. What kind of dogs you got? I have a German Shepherd and a little Boston Terrier. Wow. Love dogs. What might prompt you to lie? A weird question. (laughs) So So you've been lying for 20-ish minutes now. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Just coming up with whatever whatever comes to the top of my head first. <laughs> what makes you hopeful? It's the first lie I can come up with. <laughs> uh, I feel like the integrity of the podcast has been compromised <laughs> this week. <laughs> uh, um, I would actually say my little sister. Seeing her... Uh, because me and her are completely opposite. Like, I mean, my whole life I grew up playing sports and everything, the typical boy, and she is she's really into theater, and so she loves doing plays and stuff. And, I mean, I never really understood it growing up, but just the heart that she has and how much she cares about people and just seeing her, I mean, just – do what she loves and especially now that I can like understand that obviously sports isn't what makes everyone happy because that's all I saw and knew growing up but she really she showed me a different perspective on everything and so getting to see her do what she loves and everything just her heart and just her kindness it it really it makes me a better person and that's what makes me hopeful for People like her make me hopeful for this world, essentially. 
Wow, that went deep. <laughs> what is our purpose in life? What is our purpose in life? Yeah, everybody's. Uh, I mean, I would say our purpose is to, first of all, know Jesus and make him known to everyone else. And I try to do that through sports and everything I do. I want him to be shown off through me and then just be kind to everyone and make other people better. So this is usually the time that I ask people about their future ambitions and what they want to get out of life and everything else. But I have a feeling that right this second, it's kind of hard to see past the end of the week and this football game and then hopefully the next football game. And I kind of feel like you're wanting to win football games for a little while longer. But then beyond that, kind of what's the, the end goals for you? Yeah, definitely right now Montana State is the number one thing, number one focus uh, going on right now. But, I mean, end goal, um, I would say definitely after after playing in the NFL for, for a good little while, uh, cause, you know, long snappers, you can, you can you play can in the league. You can do that for a while. You can. You can play in the league for 10, 15 years. Um, after that, I want to I want to open up my own business. I would say with my with my family, just run like a uh, a family business. Doing I don't know exactly what what we'll what we'll do. Uh, I know my dad wants to open up a gym, but I would like to open up more like a uh, like sports training place. Like yeah, two sides of the same coin, kind of there. Uh huh. So. I mean, he could run his own little his yeah, own. Yeah, he can side. have his I'll part of it. You can have your part of it, and everybody will, everybody will be happy. Yeah, and I definitely do want to uh, train long snappers as well because I know it's really difficult to find um, trainers for that position. And so, like, because in high school, I didn't really have besides my coach who did it in college. I didn't have really anybody. Cause you just lucked into somebody who knew the trade. Yeah, and the guy, the big name guys, charge you. Like crazy amount of money for you to fly out to them and train them, and so I would like to do it for guys around this area and help them find their home somewhere in college. That's a pretty good goal to have. Well, Nick, man, uh, best of luck this weekend. Obviously, uh, thanks for taking the time and coming in. I know it's a heck of a week with finals and everything else, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was great. Thanks to Nick Screenock for taking a few minutes out of what is a very busy week for him and the rest of the Govs as they prepare for Montana State. A programming note for you as we head into the back half of this podcast. We'll continue doing this weekly as long as there's football, and then we'll play it by ear after that. But I imagine we're done with our typical format until after our student-athletes return from break as uh, it becomes prohibitively difficult for those who go home to then be part of the podcast. So uh, enjoy your break, everybody. Uh, if we have one of these next week, it'll probably just be me and Casey. And if we don't have one of these next week, if something unfortunate happens with football, uh, we'll do a mid-winter break update at some point in late December or early January. Speaking of football, it is December 11th, and we're still doing 
just that. Speaking about Austin P football, so this is new, very new. I uh, I do not have much experience continuing to talk about Austin P football in the presently playing tense when it comes to December. It's never happened. No, no, literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> ever. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, every game we play from here on is the latest game we've played in a season. <laughs> so put that in your stat package for the end of the game. Or I think it's the highest altitude game we've ever played this week, too. There's a fun Wow, time. I can't believe you didn't find, uh, didn't find its way into the Latin Lounge uh, section of this event this week. Uh, there's not a Latin Lounge because it's not the farthest north or the farthest west we've played. It's not the farthest. Oh, yeah, of Fargo's, course. Fargo's yeah, got Fargo. to beat yeah, north. Of course. It's got Fargo beat in elevation, though. I've done my research. I was going to say, now I don't even wonder what you do all day anymore. Now I know. The Govs trek to Bozeman to take on the Bobcats at 6 p.m. Friday. Uh, from a statistical standpoint, the Bobcats appear to be Sacramento State, only uh, not quite as good right down to the part where the Hornets beat Montana State in Bozeman on the Bobcats' homecoming back in October. That was the same weekend Austin P took down Southeast Missouri. At home, one week later, the Govs lost to, uh, well, Tennessee State. So football is a... Uh, is yeah, football's a little random. It happens. Is what we're saying. Some, sometimes things happen. The Bobcats have since won five straight, including a 48-14 pantsing of our tribal Montana and the Brawl of the Wild, which is, for my money, one of the best rivalry. That's the coolest rivalry one, name I think I've ever heard. I, I really, like, you know, the ones where they play for something like, you know, I think it'd be fun to play for Paul Bunyan's axe, but just the, the victory p- bell. Something cool. Not like the Egg Bowl. That, that one's kind of weird. Yeah, what do they call the Tennessee Vanderbilt rivalry? Uh, something no one cares about. That was unnecessary, but yes, it is called something no one cares about. Yeah, yeah, I know. It is. is there a trophy for the brawl of the wild? Uh, mm, I don't know. I feel like you should get like a stuffed bear. Maybe you just get like, like a life-size grizzly bear. That would be fun. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna call it the brawl of the wild. Wouldn't it be fun to walk into a locker room that had a stuffed bear looming over the door? There's just a full-size, 10-foot grizzly bear hanging out in the locker room. Oh, yeah, we got to take this thing back to Montana State this week. They beat us. They beat us this year. I wonder if you save a seat on the plane or the (laughs) bus for that. Um, Oh, and they beat uh, Albany 47-21 last week. So, uh, Montana State, nothing to... Nothing to overlook or joke about, but who is at this point? There's eight teams left. These are the, the creme de la creme. Similar to Furman, the Bobcats run the ball, and similar to the Govs, they don't allow many sacks. Montana State ranks in the nation's top ten in both categories. The Bobcats have committed a whole ten turnovers this season with just four interceptions. A team that's thrown less than 200 passes and unlikely to give Buck Buchanan Award finalist Cordell Jackson many opportunities to take one back. But if anyone can capitalize, it'll be the Birmingham native. The Bobcats have a defensive dynamo of their own in Bryce Sturk. I think Sturk, Sturk, who knows, who is averaging more than a sack per game, so hopefully Javon Craig will not become too familiar with Mr. Sturk, Sturk. <laughs> and Montana State's Jared Padmos can flip the field, averaging 45.1 yards per punt, a contrasting style to Devin Stewart's uncanny ability to keep the ball out of the end zone on punts. On the hardwood, women's basketball is finally back in action after – 13 days off. The last time the Govs took the court was at Kentucky. Now they will square off with the Bulldogs of Alabama A&M. It's only the second home game of the season for Alabama A&M. Uh, they've traveled kind of all over the country to start the season. But they've, they're 0-1. On the road again. Yeah, they've been on the road a lot. Like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. Thanks okay, for no. that. Thanks right. for that. Uh, A&M is 0-1 at home this so far this season. The Govs look to make it 0-2. Um, 
kind of just got to have to come out firing after a 13 days off. You hope the shot travels. And Gals are one of the top scoring teams in the country. They've been held to 50 and 52 in their last two games. So uh, hopefully that's 13-day break kind of rejuvenated the offense, got it ready to roll again. Men's basketball will have at least two before we chat with you again, and perhaps a lot more. Thursday, the Govs travel to Morgantown, West Virginia, to take on Bob Huggins' Mountaineers. You should we'll have f- called him Huggy Bear. But then I'd have to start referring to Trace Huggins, our uh, video coordinator, as Huggy Bear, and I'm not going to do that. Mm, whatever. Before returning home to host McKendry Tuesday night in the Dunn, uh, going to be good to see our old buddy, former men's basketball dobo Ryan McIntyre up in Morgantown. The West Virginia way under Huggins is really no different than the Kansas State way or the Cincinnati way. They're going to play defense, shoot threes, and be an incredible pain to defend and score against. I have no thoughts or opinions on McKendry, a Division II outfit from Illinois, other than they have six foot nine Alexa Popovich, a Cleveland State transfer. Uh, for community service stuff, Haley Jacoby has all your opportunities, so you should go check in with her for that. It looks like there are some chances to serve at First Christian Church, Loaves and Fishes, and Mana Cafe. Food for Fun still happening at the APSU parking office through December 16th. Ten non-perishable food items donated to Shastine will waive one parking ticket. Do that before you abscond from campus for the semester. Friday's commencement, 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the Dunn Center. We will have several Austin Peay student-athletes uh, taking the big walk for the final time, but not our five football players who will be preparing for the next biggest game of their lives in Bozeman, including our buddy, Sean Whittinghill. Friend of the show, Sean Whittinghill. It's got to be bittersweet for Sean to have been here 37 years. <laughs> and not get to go to graduate. not graduation. get to go to graduation. We decided to be good at football the one year in 37 he's been here, and he misses his only only graduation. Yeah. I mean, he should have like eight degrees by now, but he uh, doesn't. Yeah, we're only jokingly calling him uh, Dr. Sean Whittinghill because most of the people who've been in school as long as he has are doctors. Get in touch, stay in touch with us via web and social media. Casey, do the thing. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P. You can also follow along on Facebook, the official page of Austin P, the Austin P Governors. Shout out to our buddy Eric and the rest of the gang of digital media, especially our new video person, Robin White. So if you're in the done, you should stop by and meet Robin and uh, say hi to her. Welcome her to Clarksville. Are you going to say Robin that way the whole time she works here? Because I think she's going to beat you to death <laughs> with something heavy. No, I won't say it like that. That's right. Not anymore. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, myself, uh, working feverishly, sometimes around the clock, especially on uh, red-eye flights back from Sacramento or bus rides back from the middle of West Virginia to bring you all the information that you need. Tickets? If you want to come watch the guys, you're going to need a ticket, so you should get in contact with our ticket gurus, Katie Locke and her assistant, Johnny Dawkins. They've got all the information you can use to get in the game. You have two opportunities to see Austin B. Hoops before the start of the new year, the men on December 17th and the women on December 29th, so take advantage of that. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating review on the podcast, five stars, five stars. And if you'd like to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we should shout out. Make fun of Casey for calling Boba Fett Bobo. <laughs> Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk so to you next week. Goodbye.